Hello! Welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast. A podcast that is about, you guessed it, the world of professional wrestling. This week, you are being hosted by myself, the Jason Norris Experience, and I'm being joined by one of the crew today. He is Macho Sam, Sandy Savage. He's also known as AJ Samuels, the Alabama Sammer, Big Boss Sam, Sam Sam Bigelow, World's Strongest Sam, Honky Tonk Sam, Sam Cara, Sam Banks, it's Sam. Sam, That's how you doing? <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I can't really live up to such an incredible introduction, but um, I will do my best. Yeah, well, you know, Sam's been on the show a couple of times. You know, he's he's made it onto the main show now. I kind of think of him as our Alistair Black. You know, he he did well on you know the development brand. He got called up to the show, did a few shots, got onto the big show, and now Sam, this week you're headlining. Oh blimey! Yeah, the pressure is on. Uh, I, you know, I hope, hope, I hope I don't bottle it. And, and and you know, thanks for not putting me in a kind of weird and meaningless tag team. With <laughs> someone who also should just be on their own, I, I appreciate that. Uh, no problem. Cool. How are you doing, anyway? Uh, yeah, not too bad. It's been a bank holiday this last weekend in the UK here, and I keep forgetting that means we get Monday off. I don't know if they have bank holidays in America or anywhere else. I don't know how it works. But um, in, America, uh, in Europe, they had. I think in France, they had um, the War Memorial Day. I can't remember what it was to do with, but they've had a couple in Europe and America different they have public holidays don't they or bank oh, yeah. day different yeah yeah but it's still National day off yeah. it President means i keep forgetting what day it is because uh I, I thought it was tuesday today and it's not it's wednesday which is good it means friday comes quicker um how about you yeah same um pretty good i was yeah i went and did some rocky oki on the weekend which was interesting and watching people do a proper karaoke performance with an actual backing rock band that was a good laugh with some of the guys from the pod oh, yeah, and some cool. other wrestling mates um other than that yeah i'm good i'm sort of, yeah, i'm quite happy with it. it's already wednesday because it feels like it's tuesday so that's good yeah as indeed. we record this on a wednesday and we'll probably put this out on thursday so that confused people even more and what happened to Brod? I saw him because we both went to Kaiju on Saturday, but then after that, he's been uh, he's been missing, and obviously he's not on the podcast this week. Yeah, but unfortunately, Brod died. He died. Yeah, after um, the big bat hour, um, the Ali Pali, he was getting in his limo home as he always does, and the limo just exploded. Do you know? So. I he did leave us to get a limo when we all got the bus, and I did think it was strange that he didn't offer us a lift. But I thought, well, that's just typical Brod, isn't it? Uh, so maybe he knew. In a way, maybe I'm just not actually that sad that he's gone. You know? Yeah, well, <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that Brod has been blown up in that limo, you never know. You know, We've seen people get blown up in limos and come back, but it means he's away at the moment, and it means, yeah, so that's why Sam's been elevated <laughs> to the headline status. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking around and seeing who we've got. The big man's gone down. Who can we push to the moon? This is my pod now. <laughs> oh cool so yeah talking about big Vital, so i guess that leads us in in terms of some of the things we're going to be talking about today so the wwe is i think to be polite if we will be polite and say it's in a bit of a lull in terms of creative and ratings at the moment mm. so we're actually going to continue our exploring of the wider world of wrestling this week last week uh, we had broad here and he led us through a chat about impacts most recent pay-per-view and we did a little comparison of the potential number two companies in the u.s um in the coming weeks we hope to have some fun interviews lined up with some indie talent but this week in honor of david Starr, we are going independent so after we cover some news shortly we'll be taking indie wrestling in full in our main feature um so sam and i will actually be joined by a mystery guest so you know Hot shotting like WWE, we're not going to say who that is. You've know, got to drive those ratings up, we've got to make you hang around. So, mystery guests yeah. will be coming to join us as we talk about some of the crazy, fun, independent shows we've been to in the UK. We'll also be talking about Progress and Super Strong Style 16 and this may potentially era ending show. And what does this mean for Progress and the UK indie scene? And we're also going to be talking about some of our favorite indie talent, some of the people we've seen at live shows in the UK and in the US. Sam, hopefully that sounds like fun for you. It does sound very exciting. I am a big indie wrestling mark, so I will probably have lots to talk about. Cool. So if you don't so, like my voice, turn the podcast off right now. I've just made the effort to tell everyone we've got a mystery <laughs> guest and they should hang around and you're telling them to leave. It's well, I'm, definitely... I'm, I'm hoping that they've made it this far and so, you know, they'll just laugh at my funny joke instead of being like, do you know what, he's right, I'll just turn it off. 
Um, we'll, we'll check the viewing figures by the minute and see what happens. Yeah. Cool. So up first, though, after they hit my music, is the news. So this week on the news section of the show, we've got a little bit of an eye onto the indie scene. So there's a little bit of an indie reference in each of these points. So let's we'll take three key things we want to talk about, though, before we get to our main independent wrestling feature. Let's start with WWE Wildcard. This is not a new pay-per-view, but it seems to be a response to the shrinking ratings. Rather than build new stars and storylines, let's just put people on both shows again. Sam? Do you think this is actually going to work? And if it does, how long is it going to work for? I, I, I don't understand what it is. I mean, I know obviously what it is. It means, yeah, you can have all the champions from the other brand showing up on on the the opposite brand. But like, why? What's the point? Um, is it that they're just going? They're just literally going to push about four or five people or storylines each week, and that's going to be it across both shows. In which case, why even have the brand split at all? It's going to be really disruptive because you'll have a storyline like Kofi and Owens, but they'll say, "Oh, screw it, let's put AJ into a match with Kofi or Owens instead." It's going to get really messy, I think. But yeah, yeah. it seems hard to see how they're going to build stars with this approach. But it's a seems like a panic button moment. Yeah, I'm, it's a really confusing panic button because it, it's like, oh, who's getting the ratings? Well, we just put them everywhere. Rather than... Yeah, a, yeah it's, a, it's a strange one. And I think um, looking at the numbers, the Raw, I think after Maine, they did about 3 million viewers in the US. Now that's down to averaging under 2 million. And I think this shows the potential of your hardcore audience that will turn up no matter what versus your more casual audience. And should you be super serving a smaller audience to maximize revenue, which is kind of like the indie wrestling model, um, when you've got limited like availability, you know, limited funds and room mm. to grow and you don't have that casual audience. So yeah, that feels like the indie approach. And WWE definitely wants to be getting that mainstream more that mainstream audience and those casual viewers back. And doesn't know, doesn't look like this might this maybe this is a solution we shall see in the coming weeks. That's kind of where the big money is, isn't it, with advertising and stuff? Yeah, yeah we shall I see. Mean, they are very much, they're not a lot, they, they, oh, they are obviously a bit of a live event business, but not like indie guys, indie companies are relying on that, you know, live shows and people mm-hmm. coming to buy their pay-per-views. WWE is all about those live, you know, the live events in terms of the merchandise they sell to families and those TV ratings, so yeah, we yeah. shall see. Um, next news point I wanted to cover is Chris Jericho. So... We know he's signed to wrestle soon for AEW and do some dates with them. He's starting with Kenny Omega. He's got the Rock and Rager cruise in 2020, his second one of that after a sellout. I think it's last year now. Um, and he's now announced that he's also going to be fighting Okada for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sam, you're a much bigger New Japan fan than I am. Are you hyped for Jericho Okada? Yeah, definitely. I think every Chris Jericho match that ever gets announced is always one where you're like, Oh, I, you know, I didn't really think I ever wanted to see that match. But now that I know it's happening, I definitely do need to see it quite badly. And this is definitely one of those. Uh, Jericho is obviously like a wrestling wizard and Ocado, Ocado, is uh, like kind of the new Jesus in wrestling. He's really, 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 really good. So this should be an absolute storm of a show. Yeah. And I guess... I wanted to, I'm using Jericho for the indie slot. I mean, when AEW takes off, I guess you have to say at that point, he's maybe he's not indie, but at the moment he's got that show coming up. He's done these New Japan things. He's got his independent stuff he's doing on the Rock and Rager. Is he the king of non-WWE shows? Yeah, I think he might be. I think I'd probably say he's like the smartest man in wrestling in that he always seems to kind of know which way the wind is blowing and has always been able to adjust himself and his character. And I guess now his position in the industry to be kind of always at the head of the the new era, whatever that might be. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's proven, you know, from the data I've seen, he's a proven draw as well. So there was a big story about when he did his first match for New Japan and it was the height for him and Kenny Omega. In the US, they saw a 20,000 subscription increase for the New Japan World subscription service. And that's not the easiest service to use. You know, you need to do some translation work on yeah, that. But so somehow, he, he, but, you know, he, it lined up with him getting hyped into that. They suddenly had 20,000 more people coming in. Based on that, 
obviously he's clearly a draw. He could draw on the indie circuit as well. But in New Japan, could you see them putting the belt on him? Oh, that's a question. Do you know, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the, maybe if you'd asked me that question a year or two ago, I'd have said, oh, no, definitely not. The IWGP title is way too serious for that. And they don't like doing really short title reigns. But actually, we've had kind of three very short title reigns since Kenny Omega, then um, uh, uh, Tanahashi, and then Jay White. Very, very short reigns, all of them with very few defences. So maybe they will put it on Jericho. Um, yeah. We'll definitely, see. definitely one to watch. And when's that match happening? Did they, did they confirm the date? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd be frantically Googling, but I have a mechanical keyboard, so you'd hear it really <laughs> loudly. Um, I believe it's like one of the major shows, but I just can't remember the exact uh, date. Oh, it's, it's at Dominion, um, which I can't remember the date of. Sometime in June. June 9th! There yeah, we go. He's, uh, he's got a busy couple of months ahead of him then. Yeah. So... Talking of guys that could potentially be busy, um, so Dean Ambrose, now known as John Moxley, now he's back on the independent scene, got like, some good hype from that well-produced video, dropping some potential hints about AEW, like if you're looking at the details. Um, what do you think he's going to do? Is he going to make a short run on the indie scene and like charge million-dollar man money for select dates, knowing that he can get loads of money for just limiting what he does? Or is he going to go straight to AEW, turn up at Double or Nothing, or you know, Shudder? Is he going to be the man that saves Impact? I could see... Uh, he's, I don't think he's going to Impact. <laughs> um, I think there was so much... If you... Uh, that video he released on Twitter, if you watch it, there's so many little kind of foreshadowy things, like imagery that basically says he's going to go and do death matches in AEW. Um, like the... I think the numbers on the dice and stuff like that are all very symbolic of significant dates and numbers to do with AEW. So I think that's where he's going. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does a couple of appearances for indies that he was part of before uh, before the AEW stuff really kicks off. I think um, I, I think he's going to AEW. And like, I'd imagine they maybe don't announce him. And he's a big surprise on the pay-per-view attacking, I don't know, Kenny or Cody or someone after a match. But then I thought they could be really funny and just do, they've got that pre-show battle royal where there's, I mean, it's a weird format where five guys enter at a time and then there's a lucky 21th entrant at the end of it. Can you imagine that you said Dean come out as 21 and gets that <laughs> by winning it, earns a world title shot, you know, at the next big show. And that's just a sort of, Jesus, what's going to happen on the main show of Dean Ambrose or John Moxley's turning up on the pre-show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be big. I mean, it, it would also be very cool because I think uh, Hangman Page versus John Moxley or Pac versus John Moxley would both be excellent matches. Definitely better matches than Dean Ambrose versus Neville anyway. <laughs> I'm sure they'll definitely sort of be able to push the boundaries a bit more compared yeah, to what they would have sure. done in WWE. Cool. Um, that's our news feature for this week. As I said, it had a slight indie tint to it. But we are coming back after this ad break to really focus on our recent ex indie wrestling experiences. Join us after the break. This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at WatchWrestling.London or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the meetup page. So now it's time for our indie special. So first of all, I need to introduce our mystery guests. We hinted at him earlier, but we made you wait to draw those sweet ratings points in. Hailing from parts unknown, he's the king of protein. He's Mr. Polite, the all-night delight. Welcome to the podcast, our friend, Arjun. <laughs> Arjun. Hi. How are you, man? <laughs> oh, wait, no, I should have done the whole, like, progress thing and just waited until uh <laughs> and then go for a high oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, oh yeah 
So Arjun's joining us today because we're talking about indie wrestling and um, when it comes to the indie wrestling that's been going on, Arjun's been to as much of it as anyone has and he's been to some of the same shows that both Sam and myself have been. So yeah, we're going to talk about Progress, Super Strong Star 16 a little bit and some other general indie points. But we thought we'd start with a discussion about some of the more fun and out there indie wrestling we've been to recently. So, I mean, the two events that I'm talking about, we went to the Chris Wolf Retirement Show, which was at Eve's um, most recent show at the Resistance Gallery. Um, pretty out there. Um, definitely probably not a, probably a non-canon show for Eve in terms of the majority of it, apart from one match. This show included um, Martina, the set of session with Martina playing the Chris Wolf egg, but was fertilized and she had a match against Free Sperm, one of which included Killer Kelly. We also then saw a match with a blow-up doll in a wolf mask, which was in a hardcore match, which it won. And then also there was a big battle show, um, which was as part of the Super Strong Style Weekend, which was basically watching giant robots and monsters fighting and destroying, I guess, buildings in a wrestling ring. So, guys, I'm going to start with Arjun, as you're new, new onto the show here. Is this wrestling or is it too crazy and hurts the business? I mean, it's it's all fun, you know. It, it's it's just one those one of those things. I I think that like wrestling is what you make of it, and there's place for like the, these kind of like fun, goofy shows as well as like the serious stuff. So yeah, it it's it's all good fun. So yeah, and, exactly. and 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 who wouldn't complain about seeing a for some reason session moth Martina? I'm already going there. No. It, uh, who wouldn't complain about seeing something like the uh, the blow-up doll versus uh, a wrestler and all these kind of things? There's all sorts of craziness that yeah. goes on. So, yeah. During that match, Charlie Evans took a bump onto thumbtacks from the top rope. In a match yeah. against the blow-up doll, like, put the doll over, Charlie. What? <laughs> I didn't really understand that. Um but yeah, I mean, I I can I completely agree. It's 2019. No, I, nobody believes wrestling is actually fighting anymore. We're like, I don't know if anyone ever. Well, I mean, people definitely did believe it, but like, yeah, it it's not exposing the business because nobody's nobody's getting worked anymore. So, so for you guys, it's still not real to you, Dan. It sounds like. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, on that point, so Arjun, actually, the Eve show, so Sam and I have been to a couple of Eve shows in the past. This was your first Eve show, and they're a great company. I recommend anyone goes to sort of see them or check out their um, options on their streaming service. Um, you know, they are amazing, all independent female wrestling. But this is a little bit of an unusual one, but it's still, what did you make of the Resistance Gallery? Because this is the classic, I don't know if it's even classic, but this is a proper indie show. This is 200 people in a tiny venue around the ring, wrestlers coming down the stairs and through everyone, wrestlers jumping into the crowd. How did that feel for an indie event for you? I absolutely loved it, if I'm honest. Like, it was really cool to see this, like, venue that very much felt like it was put together. All the signs were just hand-painted and all this kind of stuff. It was just... There was a sign that just said "Secret Girl Gang Clubhouse," and you know it, it felt like the wrestlers will literally jump onto you, and you will uh, have to move out the way of Jimmy Havoc because he's there just for the fun of it on commentary. And it's it had a really cool vibe to it, and I liked the fact that even the bar was all kitted out in this kind of like. Um, almost like a day of the dead type style with a bunch mm. of like wrestling things and all that. It was just a really cool place and it might not be able to hold like as many people as progress or like, you know, it's not, it's not going to have the same feel as a big show, but it has that cool small show vibe that's, that feels like everyone who goes there is like a regular. So I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, what I like about Eve, and I think more than any other show I go when I've been to them, is the crowd. Yeah, it's small, but everyone's friendly. And I compare this yeah. to going to some of the New York shows I was at for like around Menu Weekend. No one gets out the fucking way when you're coming back with a drink. At the Eve show, everyone was like, I was trying to get back to you guys in the corner. People are happily moving out of the way. Tall guys go and stand towards the back so they don't get in the way of some of the shorter guys or the shorter women that want to watch the show. It's a really nice crowd to sort of just be there watching wrestling with. Mm. Um, Sam, 
Sam, I know you had a good time as well. Sam yeah. was going mental, screaming for this, you know, Tinto the dull wolf mask <laughs> yeah. creature. I got so into that match, actually. Uh, when Charlie Evans poured out the, the, the thumbtacks, I started screaming at the ref, like, do something, do something. This is how I learned all Pro Wrestling Eve matches, all no DQ. Dan, the general manager, Dan Reed of Pro Wrestling Eve, while I'm shouting at the referee, just taps me on the shoulder and goes, calm down, mate, all Eve matches and no DQ. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, thanks, mate. And he's just like next to me, you know, in the crowd with everyone else, which was pretty cool. <clears throat> that was a great show. When it comes to you guys, I think you were both at Big Bat House. Let's talk about that one. That was a bit different. That was, so Eve's a couple of hundred people, regular shows they run, but really generally hardcore, probably women's wrestling, but this was like more of a blow-off fun show. Big Bat House is always a crazy show. I don't know if they've been to the UK before, but you know they're known for their shows in New, like in America and in New York, and it is just a lot of wrestlers dressed up in weird outfits. Um, I guess in general, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> no one knows. Yeah, no one. I mean, a lot of that the 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 kind of the show was just turning to the person next to you and saying, "What is happening now? Who? Okay, there's a, a burger with the arms of a bear now." Yeah, Burger Bear. And then during that match, there was a run-in from like a big monster with a bucket on its head and a big kind of tentacle thing called Gomimon. Uh, we also saw like a Power Ranger with a big ha Thor's hammer type hammer. And she was hitting the ring and then everyone was stumbling around. Uh, and she was wrestling an evil unicorn and a bear ranger who used to be good but had turned evil. Um, it's... It sounds amazing. I just couldn't get to the show. I wish I had done, but it, unfortunately, it wasn't sort of something I could fit in. Oh, and uh, they well, right? It starts late. It's slightly late in the evening. It's definitely after a few beers, nine till midnight kind of show. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't run more over here because it's one of the fun things about this show was it was a progress with kaiju, and obviously because they're all costumes, the actual wrestlers are are progress guys. So it was fun trying to guess who was playing who. I I didn't get any until afterwards. That's what I wanted to ask because I think mean, I wasn't sure. Just better does it normally have the same guy that play the characters, or does it just in case when it was like hiring the costumes or a few of the guys and they run it all with the progress guys or whoever's booking them? So was it was it clearly like mainly progress talent in those costumes? Um, I don't know. Did you get any of them while we were watching it, Arjun? Um, there's only one pair that I recognised, and they were pretty obvious. Uh, so. Which was that? <laughs> well, the uh, with Oz when Ozzy Open came in. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ozzy Open came in. They did an appearance, but they were just Ozzy Open, or they were like a sexy version of Ozzy Open. <laughs> Not that they are obviously very sexy all the time. There was but... there were hot cops. Yeah, they were hot cops, and they threatened to take <laughs> I can't remember who Doctor Cube, the evil guy, to sexy jail, um, which was fun. But then, yeah, I, I realized later uh, the ranger with the big hammer was Session Moth Martina. Um, oh. Connor Mills was the guy playing the unicorn party, what the like their top face who's hitting moonsaults and stuff. Um, the Dr. Cube, everyone thinks, was Chris Brooks. Apparently, he's basically alluded pretty strongly on his Twitter that he was playing Dr. Cube. And then his assistants were, because um, he had a couple of assistants that came up with like monkey masks on, and that was Lucky Kid and Kid Lycos, people think. <laughs> Because uh, they didn't do any wrestling. Obviously, Lycos is retired now. But yeah, I thought it was, was there, pretty cool. Was there much actual wrestling on this show? Or was it more just like just the, the insanity and like this special event? Was it actual matches that you got into? Like, uh, Arjun? Did, kind of. Kind of. There was kind of matches, but they were, it was all silly. It, it was like nothing really mattered. It was just, it was just dumb fun, really. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was, oh, yeah, there was this match. Yeah, they were, you were there to see done things like um, an orangutan, an American beetle destroyed a uh, Trump Tower, and uh, a, a character called Dusto Bunny, which like had talcum powder all over it. So every time it hit a move, um, like dust flew out of it and stuff powder, like that. Yeah. yeah, it was just all. Yeah. I, I think they did try and have a story because in, in the build up, I watched a couple of like clips and stuff on YouTube. And normally the organizer and another dude, in this case, Jim from Progress, are on the mic and they kind of like 
explain what's going on. Half the jokes seem to be like the move names and things like that. But unfortunately, because of the fact that they play music the whole time and that Ali Pali isn't really a venue that's designed to have a PA in it, uh, I couldn't really hear what they were saying a lot of the time because it was just echoey. It was only occasionally when like I could pick up on names and stuff. Uh, the Sam, weird thing is, sorry, yeah, go, uh, go on, Arjun, go. The weird thing is, is that the sound for day three of progress was actually all right. It was actually fine in comparison to the ba- big battle. So. Yeah, I don't know why that happened. Then, yeah, yeah but yeah, but that kind right. of t- took a little bit away from it, but not much because I mean, I'd already had about four beers before we got there, and uh, it was excellent just seeing a big monkey beating up a burger and stuff. So talking about both events, talking about Chris Wolf's retirement show Eve, <clears throat> and then Big Batao at the Ali Pali after Progress, what was the maddest thing? What was the one thing out of both events that was the most insane thing you've ever seen in a wrestling ring? Um, Sam, you first. Can you think of someone? That's, I'm really that's like one kind of defining moment. Uh, what was what's under Doctor Cube's mask? That was horrible. You know, nobody should nobody should have to see that. Um, I also think probably actually the Charlie Evans thumbtacks from the top rope bump was was the the wildest and weirdest thing I've ever I mean, seen. In pretty wrestling. risky to do a thumbtack bump when you're wrestling a blood doll. That could have gone wrong. Yeah, it could have gone really wrong. Uh, but the blow up doll was fine. Like Charlie Evans had stuff sticking in her back and things. Yeah, that that oh, for all the different reasons, the fact that it was a a, a match against a blow up doll. The fact that it was a bump onto thumbtacks, and and the fact that there was no reason for it to have happened at all, yeah. What the reason? One of the reasons I love that choice is um. So that's when I went to the bar while the one we're doing this match, and I'm just at the bar ordering a beer, and the bar's not far from the ring and everything, and I literally turn around for my beer, and I walked, I pretty much walk into the inflated the black doll with the wolf mask on it, but it's being slapped by Charlie, and I was like, what the hell? I just turned around and do because I had no idea that was right behind me. So I've got to still watch that on the Eve Light Network at somewhere and find myself. Looking very confused. Um, Arjun, what about you from the two events? What's the one thing that you would call out? Um, well, I, I just put on my like on my Instagram just like this picture of the bur- burger bear teaming up with uh, that the session moth Martina character and the double unicorn and the Power Ranger, and it's just like, what is happening? This is this is the weirdest thing. This is like the perfect example of wrestling can be very very weird. So I, I think just that just crystallised, okay, this is what Big Battle's about because it's just super dumb and it was just, yeah. I was just really entertained by the fact that there was a Burger Bear character. And I saw um, on a, like, a preview video that it would actually spurt out ketchup. Uh, yeah, yes, well. it does. Um, I'm going to ask Sam this question. Um, how angry would Jim Cornette have been about these shows? Oh, I think he probably might have just burst like completely turned completely red and exploded i mean yeah he doesn't think much of anything that's not like super serious 1980s like big roidy boys slapping each other type wrestling and like i think there's a place for that but it's wrestling is such a big entertainment medium uh that yeah jim cornett should calm down a bit I, I love listening to Jim Cornette. I'm a fan of his podcast, but yeah, I think he's he's got a certain view. But I, you know, I, I'm more open to all of it. I love some of the old school stuff he talks about. But yeah, I'd imagine he would have just yeah gone extremely red and just exploded if he'd been <laughs> at one of these shows. Um, just a quick one. Um, how, how many people turned up by the way for the um, Big Bad Tower show? Because it was um, in the Ali Pali. So how many, was it like a thousand people, or was it more than that? Just an estimate, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It looked like most of the seats were filled. Yeah. But it was not allocated seating, so it might not have been that, like every single seat on a row was was filled. Mm-hmm. Certainly like the first half of all the seats were were definitely filled. I don't think so, it was uh, I and I don't think it was all people that were actually just there from the show previously. I was talking to someone on merch stand and they were saying that some people literally just came for big battle and they hadn't actually heard of progress. So, yeah, that, that, that was uh, yeah. I mean, I'd heard of Progress, but I was I was there just for Big Battle. Like, oh. I was so disappointed when they were they were first going to have it at the Dome in Tufnell Park, and it sold out before the tickets were even on general availability. So I was so glad when it moved to Ali Pali. Do you know will the Big Battle show end up being on the Progress um, subscription service? Uh, there was no cameras. 
No, so, Carol, they didn't film that. Oh, it's a shame. So that one's to. one that people won't get to see. But in general, it sounds like worth looking out for. The, if Big Battle comes to your area and it's more likely to be the States, definitely worth seeing. And Eve, I think we all recommend definitely worth seeing Eve. Like I said, this was more of a blow-off non-canon show, but they put on regular shows. And their next big event is Wrestle Queendom 2, which is a follow-up to last year's successful event at York Hall. And I think we're, we're all going to be there for that as well. That's going to be very yeah. fun, worth doing. There'll be about a 1,000 fans of female wrestling on a hopefully sunny Sunday afternoon having a drink and then going to watch a great show in Bethnal Green, York Hall. So definitely worth doing that. Um but transitioning from those more, I guess, yeah, blow off. That's the fun that you can have it in indie event. Um, and I, I, remember, I, I said to Dan um, Reed, the, the you know the guy who's like co-runs Eve. I remember saying to him on the night, "I'm having more fun here than I am that I had at WrestleMania because it's just pure fun." So that's yeah. that's my endorsement. Um, but yeah, moving on to the progress shows. So um, Arjun was there on day three. And this is a three day event. For those of you that don't know, progress runs superstar 16. It's a 16 man tournament um, includes, they normally get quite a few big guest names in. I think the highlight this year was Carlo Riley from undisputed era. Um, but they also have a bunch of other matches, including like the world title being defended where we had um, Volta defending against Trent seven. They had the women's belt on the line and there's lots of other good matches and Jimmy Havoc's last match. So Big event. Um, but I'm looking at this and saying, actually, when you look at it, is this kind of the end of an era for progress due to the movements into NXT UK and just some other things in terms of guys moving off to other companies? So I think I'll start with Arjun. You went to day three. Mm -hmm. um, you've been to progress live events before at the Electric Ballroom, which is more like 700 people. How did you find progress in a much larger venue? Uh, well, I, I think I think Ali Pali has become the unofficial, like almost like their big WrestleMania light show for them, and I, I I think it still worked really well. You still had a lot of the regulars that you almost recognise at every show, and it seemed like a a grand stage. And I I, uh, I think in terms of it being like an end of an era, I it did feel like that during the show. There was a lot of goodbyes and things like that, but it still looked like it was staying strong, I think. Um, they they set up like a lot of big people to to be the winners. Are we revealing like who won and things like that? Or Yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about that as well in a moment. Yeah. I mean, just building on that, if we're building on yeah. that point. So, I mean, the reason I talk about this is because like, it was Jimmy Havoc's um, yeah. last progress match. And he's, the, he's kind of like, when you think of progress, I guess he's the name most closely linked. I don't know if there's anyone you would say stronger than that due to the length of his previous world title reign and you know how iconic some of his death matches have been he's definitely i think he's the name a lot of it would say because he's been around since the early days but he's apparently done with progress i'm assuming it's to focus on the us and aew and other things so he and he lost his last match against um paul robinson um i think you were there for that one that was on day three right so you saw that arjun yeah that that match was great and also disgusting because so that was a death match. Yeah. Right? So if anyone's seen him, he's covered in blood at the end. But yeah, was it enjoyable or was it just violent? Um, it was a mixture of both. Because I mean, like it, you knew it was going to be a Jimmy Havoc match. It was going to be a classic death match. Um, but I, 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 you know, you give give props to the guy for taking so many bumps. And there was like one spot in particular that was kind of like a bit insane, and that was like one of the more enjoyable ones. Uh, they the, they had this table with a bunch of um, light strips attached to it, and he took a, a bump from the top rope into the table, and I thought that was that, that was pretty great. And but there was some more gruesome spots. They got out the staple gun. They got out uh, all sorts. And like Jimmy Havoc at one point just ate a lighting tube. Uh, oh. So it was just like, oh, please don't don't do that. Sounds well, like it was I a guess... lot more violent than the Wembley match. Then yeah. There was a yeah. lot of blood. So, yeah. will Progress miss Jimmy Havoc, or does someone like Paul Robinson step into that void? Um, I, Sam, I'll go to you for this one before I we think, go back to Arjun. Yeah, I think Robbo, Paul Robinson, is going to be the next kind of scary Jimmy Havoc one. He's a guy where I'd seen him in a few other places, and I thought he's always played like a cowardly heel because he's not the biggest of guys. Um uh, and then seeing him in progress, everyone, he, all these big lads, absolutely terrified of him. And I thought, well, I don't really see it myself. And then I saw him 
do that death match with Jimmy Havoc. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, if he'll go to that length to to entertain us, then then fair play. Um, so yeah, I could see Paul Robinson filling that spot for sure. He also does a lot of hard, did a lot of hardcore stuff with uh, as the Swords of Essex against Aussie Open in the in the previous chapter show, which is maybe a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know? I mean, any views on Havoc leaving and what they do next? Uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, he's probably like leaving just because of AEW and all that. I imagine he's probably having to move to America, but uh, yeah, I mean. Although it's the end of an era with Paul Rob- uh, with Jimmy Havoc, it, I feel like progress will kind of like move on and they'll find someone else to replace him. Paul Robinson might actually be the one to replace him for now, but I could see them building up another wrestler to going forwards. I think yeah, it's just that, like... There's a few of them, yeah. Yeah. And it's like... So, talking... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so talking about other people, but it looked like they might be done. Ginny, um, she had her last match on day two, so you wouldn't have seen that. But she lost to Session Moth, so she didn't qualify for the women's match on the final day. But she seemed to be doing a send-off as if she might be leaving as well. And they built the women's division around Ginny. After, you know, they had Tony Storm, and they would transition they tran- transition that to Ginny for the last, I guess, year or two. Um, do you think she's done? And what does that, what does that leave that like, the women's progress division? Um, Sam? So I think, yeah, Ginny's moving on. She's getting NXT UK'd like so many people. Um, and yeah, I think I heard that she's like pretty, pretty popular with the WWE people. So fair play to her. I think there's still exciting stuff to come, though. Nina Samuels is definitely more than a fitting replacement for Ginny. She's she's capable of having some really good matches and her mic work is extremely good. Plus, Jordan Grace is incredible as well. So yeah, progress women's division still looks pretty strong even without Jenny. And Arjun, you so you saw the women's four way for the belt, right? Yeah. And so was that how good of that? It sounds like a great set of guys in it or girls in it. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, that match was pretty interesting, and I think they they were setting up a lot of storylines there because uh, like Jordan Grace, like she fully turned heel. She was like, you know. Uh, you don't deserve it on all this kind of stuff. And they also actually made session moth Martina actually seemed like a, like a serious competitor in a way that she hasn't before. Cause normally she's seen as this like character is coming out with the, with beers and all that kind of stuff. But it, they set her up to be like, oh, okay, sometimes I can be serious, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it seemed like in that four way match, they were like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to be going forward. And I think they'll, they'll build up new stars and, you know, Millie McKenzie is still in progress and she's really good. Like, I, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, in a couple of years time, she'll be like the face of the women's division on progress. Uh, as long as she doesn't get move over to WWE. So. And it's interesting. You mentioned session because I'll be touching on her later. And I, I think in the name of Se- in the, Name of Session Moth, that's probably the right way to describe it. I think she'd appreciate that. But we'll be coming back to that later on. Um, and then I think just a couple of other points on the progress here. So Volta is now a triple champ. So Atlas and World Title probably unified. Maybe the Atlas belt is done and progress is doing away with that. And do you reckon that the Atlas belt is done with? And is Trent Seven done with progress? Or are they doing something else with him now? Arjun, what was the tone from like on the show? Obviously, that was on the day two they had that match. It wasn't on the show you were on. But what was the feeling in the crowd? Uh, it was kind of hard to judge, but I, I think it made sense to kind of get rid of the Atlas division title because I guess they don't have as many of the big stars that, uh, that they had during the time of the Atlas division. So it made sense to retire it, but and also it kind of made sense for Walter to become the full on champion until they build up the storyline for someone else to replace him. So yeah, it, it kind of made sense. I, I I feel like Trent Seven might be nearing his end, but it's really hard to tell. It I, I think it will be um, dependent on if he does the whole um, mustache mountain thing with WWE UK and how much they value that, I guess. Sam, and it seems odd. Trent was the last guy from like the um, British Strong Style that still was really seemed to be doing progress shows. Do you reckon this is... The end, or is there more they've got for him? 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of sort of drops off and joins NXT UK as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, th- I think the, the way that they've they've kind of done the transition, fair play to the WWE. They haven't done it in like a jarring, now all your champions are gone kind of way. They've still let progress use some of these guys to build up the, the kind of next generation. Um, and so, yeah, now looking forward to seeing who finally takes the titles off Walter, although I think I might know who it is. So, I guess, leading on to that, so, so we're talking about a few guys that soon maybe leave in progress, and then we get to the winner of Super Strong Star is David Starr. You are David Starr. Um, so, do you want to do his entire intro? We've got, we got time. We might save <laughs> that for like the end of, we'll save that for the end of the show. Yeah. But, I mean... I'm a fan of David Starr. Um, I've not seen him get this level of push on progress before. He seems to be more, of, I guess, a general like tag wrestler, and he's he's done a lot more like in Rev Pro, where he's the, the um, cruiserweight champ. And you know, we've seen him at various events. I love him. I've seen him at anything from the 400 people in Guildford to four and a half thousand people at Wembley. Um, you know, this is he was pushing the independent guy thing in recent weeks a lot. He's won the tournament. He's going to be setting himself up to take on Volta at some point. What do you make of David Starr winning this? And is he the man to win the belt, Sam? Let's ask yeah, you first. I think so. It's Progress love their big climactic moments, and they do do them well. Uh, I think I think me and Arjun were both there when Volta won the titles, and like mm. the the pop there was unreal. <laughs> like the air turned solid, and I think yeah, when David Starr takes the title when he has his match against Walter, which he will. Uh, again it's going to be a ridiculously huge pop because uh in case you guys didn't know um there's obviously been a long-running story with david Starr in so many different indie federations that he can't beat walter he tries he always comes close but he never quite manages it he had he has a tap out over him but the the ref was knocked out right he's made walter tap out in a match in germany but he didn't get a decision so that's as close as he's got yeah exactly and so so this this could be probably will be the the one because obviously Volta is NXT UK champion. They ain't gonna let him keep being progress champion for much longer. Yeah, I know he has limited dates for both. It depends how they manage it. I don't know if they could drag it out for a little while. I don't know when Star will get his match. Um Arjun, you're a David Star fan? Yeah, I, I I think he's a great wrestler and I think during that match it just proved how over he w- was with everybody else. Cause I mean like the dueling chants were insane. Like like people were way more in favor of David Starr versus Jordan Devlin, and like you know, in the, the couple matches prior, people were super getting behind Jordan Devlin. But I, I, I don't know. I, I could see like them, and uh, I, I should say as well, like David Starr cut like an amazing pro- promo. So if you if they do cut it out and put it on YouTube, it's well worth a, a watch, um, and it definitely set the tone of like. You know, progress is staying independent. He it was all about you know um, he's going to be uh, the independent champ and all this. So I uh, I think he does deserve it, and I do hope that they build up to this feud. Um, although I did, did see that some people were like uh, they want that to happen in WXW first, but you know it it, it makes sense in progress just to yeah. set that tone. Yeah. For me, it's a case of they're, I think they've got a bit of criticism because they are so close to NXT UK in terms of some of the star crossover being allowed to use some of them and losing so many. Yeah, if they're losing Havoc and Ginny, they might be losing Trent, Volta going at some point. David Starr feels like, okay, you can kind of reset a little bit and reestablish what you are and maybe have that sort of, that kind of like great promo guy on top. I think that makes sense to me. Um, I guess, guys, what do you think though, like for progress, is this like an end of an era or am I just, making too much out of this i think yeah no i think it would be fair to say that i mean it is their kind of big annual show so it it, they're always trying to build to it feeling like the end of a story and the beginning of a new story kind of thing like they do with wrestlemania with all the wwe do but um yeah i think this one felt particularly uh monumental because uh, yeah, it was an introduction to of of kind of the new generation people like Lucky Kid, obviously Paul Robinson being a bit more of a serious singles competitor, Chris Ridgway and people like that, um, and, and then yeah, saying goodbye to the old guard as well, of, you know, Jimmy Havoc and Ginny and and ultimately Volta and Trent. Sure, uh, Jim, Jim, I guess your view on that, and also how high do you recommend watching this show at some point when it's on the networks? 
So, um, I definitely recommend watching it because, like the uh, some of the matches were so so well told. Like there was a lot of storytelling with uh, the match with Davy Starr. There was uh, a great match at the end. Uh, I'd say the tag match was was still good, but not. You could probably get that miss, but yeah, definitely a show worth watching. Uh, in terms of how, is this an end of an era? It definitely is the end of an era for uh, a lot of the old guard. But uh, as Sam said. But I think it will very much feel like NXT in that realm where they've got this rotating cast of really strong uh, independent wrestlers that will be rotating in and out of progress from now on, maybe. And uh, progress does a really good job of building up um, storylines and stars. So I think it's not going to be end of like progress being as popular as it is. And I think they, they have the capacity to up new stars cool thanks for that uh, i guess and for uh, uk listeners that don't know and i guess more the any of our international listeners because we've got a few guys in the us you can check out progress they have their own streaming service and these shows will if they're not already up they'll be up in the next couple of days so you'll be able to watch the entire tournament cool so that 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 sort of ends that segment and um, we're going to cut to a short ad break and then we're going to talk about our top indie talent talent indie talent top indie talent and then we're also <laughs> going to talk about what is the actual definition of like an indie star these days so join us after the break hey you if you like the podcast then remember to like the holy shoe wrestling podcast on facebook and follow us on twitter at holy shoe pot do it do it now So in our final segment of the show, we're going to talk a bit more about what is an indie talent and who our favourite particular indie talents are. So, I mean, guys, what is the definition of an indie star nowadays? Because are you allowed to work for NXT UK for select dates? Working for Progress, does that count? Um, Or are you still independent? Are they too big? And what about if you're a New Japan star, but you come to the UK and work for Rev Pro or do indie dates? Um, I guess... Even if you have a strong view on what exactly is an indie star in terms of compared to what it was in the past? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think, I guess, if you wanted to be really smarky about it, then you'd say anyone who hasn't worked for WWE full time, which I guess actually doesn't even apply anymore either, because quite a lot of progress or ex progress people like Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews, as, as two examples. I don't know if they do full-time NXT UK, but they're definitely on the roster because um, they run Attack Pro and, 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 and other companies like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's all a bit blurry, isn't it? They are very blurred lines these days. Arjun? I think it's whatever they're synonymous to because I, I think the you, you when you think of, um, like, say, uh, someone like David Starr, you could never associate him with, uh, like, uh, any sort of act, uh, like, and even with um, Jimmy Havoc right now, you associate him with progress. But I guess that definition changes as they, you know, get on other um, like big companies. I guess so. Yeah, again, it's tough. I, I, I think it's just more what do you associate that independent uh, wrestler with the most? And if you assign them to a company, then they're probably not quite independent anymore i guess yeah that's fair it's like one way to look at it because I, I look at david Starr. he's his big thing is he's independent so i buy that mm. i think Millie mckenzie i'd buy that but then i'd look at someone like i guess tony storm definitely is not independent anymore mm. even though she still does the old thing in japan um i guess tyler Bates. um since he stopped his last show was probably wimbley for progress he's i don't think he's done any indie stuff since then no. so some of those guys are just going off the market um I think, I guess I look at, I think someone like an Aussie Open, they, they, they turn up everywhere. Progress, Rev Pro, I don't they haven't been on NXT UK. I guess they're an example of someone who just, someone who works for multiple companies and they've been to the US. I saw, we saw them at US shows. I guess, it, yeah, Arjun, it's like, are they identified with one brand? Or are they, and what is that brand? Or are they just seen on multiple shows? And, but if, you, if you've worked for NXT UK in the last couple of months, are you an independent wrestler? Sounds like, are you guys saying yes or no? Hmm. I don't know. There's like the, the kind of anti anti-establishment punk side of me says, no, you're not an independent wrestler. But then 
I don't know. NXT UK is kind of, I mean, it is part of the WWE, but it is basically a big indie, like the yeah. kind of shows they run. The one, the one that stands out for me is so, um, so Piper Niven or Piper Niven, depending on Viper. who. Viper, uh, come on, so, yeah, call it Viper. Viper. Let's call her Viper or Piper in WWE. So, uh, the things I've seen of it recently, she was at Access doing some signings for WWE. She appeared on the UK tapings they did at Access for the UK NXT show. And then I last saw her at Eve where you know I asked Arjun to get out of her way so that she could get through to the bar, I think. And then after having her match. She was playing was a mountain. That show. Yeah. Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> mountain. Um, I look at that and I think, She's independent, but she's been on NXT UK. So, yeah, I guess unless you're a mainstay and you're not doing other stuff, you, I guess we'd say you're still indie. Um, what about Zack Sabre Jr., Sam? You're probably a fan of his. Oh, yeah. Is he an independent wrestler? Nah, I think he... Oh, that's He's the Rev Pro champion. So he, while he's on the New Japan roster, he's not technically, I suppose, full-time with New Japan, He's like on one of their partner shows. So I don't know that. Yeah, I guess I guess technically not. But again, very blurred lines between the New Japan roster and indie people. Also, that title has actually been defended at Wrestle Kingdom, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been defended at a bunch of New Japan shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, he won it off of um, Tomohiro Ishii at Wrestle mm. Kingdom. So, yeah, it wasn't even on a RevPro show. So, no, he's not independent. What about Pac? So, he's, we've seen <laughs> him at RevPro. He's turned up in some Japanese companies. He's now signed to AEW. Is he independent? I don't think so. He was, a, I think he was a hot free agent for a bit, which is, I think, the term that gets thrown around for people who were previously signed to a big company and then got left or left for, for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I think he was a free agent for a bit, but he, he he's not independent. But, I mean, what does it matter? It is blurred lines, it sounds yeah. like. Right now. There's a, I can imagine this is why some people that really only want to support indie talent get very angry with other people but don't agree with their definitions. I think we're going to have to just say it's it's not easy to define, but I think Arjun made a good point. What company do you associate them with, with most? And if it's, a, if it's NXT UK, maybe they're not independent. But if you either choose one of the smaller ones or you don't choose anyone in particular, we'd say they're an indie talent. And it depends on your definition. I think, well, I think that's I mean, a friendly way to call it. Yeah. Also, I suppose, functionally, it doesn't really matter. Go to whatever shows you want and cheer for whoever you like. It's wrestling. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. It's all wrestling and we should support it, unless it's in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talking about independent wrestling then so just i wanted to finish by just talking about um so anyone who's listened to this show but maybe isn't so familiar in particular with the uk independent scene just talk about some of the names that we get to see a lot because like we're lucky but we're based around london but there's so many shows going on here but these guys do travel around as well and go to like other countries and just want to get some names that you might want to look out for um and talking about traveling around so i'm going to pick i'll start with one of my favorites and we touched on it earlier one of my favourite indie stars is Session Moth Martina. Um, and I say travelling around because I think she's actually in Australia at the moment. She's doing some Australia dates and then she's off to Vegas for the AEW event. She's becoming yeah. bigger and bigger. And those that don't know, her gimmick is she's kind of like kind of like a bit of a Stone Cold Steve Austin in terms of but taking it to an extreme and being a bit more gypsy-esque. I don't know how else to describe it. Her gimmick is that she drinks a lot. She genuinely brings cans to the ring. She sometimes hulks up by drinking cans. She loves and the session. She lo and she loves a you know, session as in a drinking session. Um, and I've met her at a few events where she doesn't drop the gimmick when she's at the merch table and you can get a photo of her and she will put her arms all around you. She will grind on you the way, same way that she grinds on wrestlers. Um, and the thing is, I love her gimmick. And you guys know I've interviewed a couple of like indie wrestlers and I'm trying to line some more up. I haven't approached Session Moth because I'm kind of scared that that's what she's... <laughs> she's either going to be really... <laughs> But it's either, she's either going to be really like that in real life and I'm not going to do an interview because I'm just going to be really scared of her. Or in real life, she's like, oh, I only drink for wrestling. I'm more of a cup of tea kind of girl. And it's going to blow the whole fake you know, kayfabe image for me and ruin it. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> partly that. But she's at, I, think, I think it's Arjun said that. She's actually quite getting good at, pretty good in the ring. She's got some great sort of moves she's coming up with. Yeah, she's really good at, at wrestling. And I, I think, I don't think you mentioned, she is also in Combat Zone Wrestling, Notorious Deathmatch Federation's extremely famous bloody and violent tournament of death. 
this year. She's one yeah. of the entrants. Which she's the only she's only female, right? Yeah. It, it made me want to get a CZ option so I can see her. I know she'll do very well in that tournament, but I, I think it'll be entertaining either way. Yeah, so that's that's my pick. I mean, I love watching her shows. So I've got various pictures of me with her at events where she's playing that gimmick up. So yeah, look out for her. I think, I think you guys probably like her as well. Um, Arjun, do you have a particular pick you want to highlight in terms of your indie talent? Uh, so we were discussing a couple uh, before the show, but uh, in the break. Uh, but I forgot to highlight one that's probably pretty big, and I'm not entirely sure if he's been assigned to NXT UK yet. But Ilya Dragunov. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's that's a big one. Who's like he he just emanates like character, and he's a really intense wrestler. And if you see him in any match, I'd say have a have a watch because he's he's really good. He started out as this kind of like. Um, Oh, how, how would you describe him? He, he started out as this, like more more of a heel, but then yeah. uh, people really got behind him. There's this really good three part documentary on him as well. The on, WXW, yeah, on YouTube, yeah, 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 it's really good. An interview. So him. what's that? So so that's a three part. Is it documentary interview? And it's what company made it? Uh, uh, WXW. Yeah. So just to make sure a bit know to look for. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. He's Ilya Dragunov is super cool. He also, if you're a bit of a nerd like me. He comes in to the the um, Soviet theme from Red Alert Two or Red Alert Three, which if uh, anywhere outside of Progress, in Progress they don't let him use the old video game music. But yeah, he comes into Command and Conquer Three, uh, the Red Army Choir March, which is very good. Um, but yeah, sorry, just cutting into your one there because I remembered how cool Ilya Dragunov was, Arjun. <laughs> I think I've only seen him at the um, Progress Wembley show where he took on Pete Dunn, but that was good. Yeah, he's he's very good. Um, but I think also worthy of a mention, they're a tag team where if you see them, you'll think, how are you not on any of the big boy rosters at the moment? Aussie Open are fantastic. That's Mark Dunkzilla Davis. I don't know why he's called that because he doesn't really have any other basketball stuff. He's just very tall. And the Aussie Arrow... Kyle Fletcher. I nearly forgot his name then, but I didn't. They're both very, very good boys. They had uh, an extremely violent ladder match with um, the Swords of Essex, which is Will Ospreay and Paul Robinson uh, at the Progress chapter before Super Strong Style that was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that was, like a, that was a 45 minute match. I really yeah, recommend getting ready to watch that. It's hard to see a more exhausting over the top TLC match. And they were in the crowd pretty close to us watching that. That's a great match. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so yeah, definitely them. And then I also remembered one that I want to mention. I think he counts as like an up and comer in that I don't think he's actually appeared on Progress main roster yet. But the OJMO, I don't know if either of you guys have seen him. Yeah, he's he was a, really good. He was actually at the Progress uh, show as well. Yeah, I saw he was on yeah. the Wasteman Challenge. The OJMO. I'm not familiar with him. You have to explain a bit more. What's his story? So I think he's part of the Progress Dojo. He was part of um on on the Progress on Demand service, they produced this really really weird TV show called Freedom's Road. It's like a, it starts off like a reality kind of docudrama about wrestling, except all the matches are real. And then it's in the later series is or series it it's gone completely off the rails. All a bit surreal. People with ma- wolf, um, mouse masks and and stuff like that. But he's one of the characters from that. Um, and then also just a wrestler. I, I th- his gimmick is that he's master of the half crab, um, which is quite good. But yeah, he's really, really over in progress, even though, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think he's ever had a main roster match. He's only been on dark matches and stuff. I think he's been at Live at the Dome as well when they were running that. Oh, yeah, 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 he has, sure. yeah. It's a good choice. And, I think, and we already talked about David Starr a lot on this show, and I think we're all big fans. He's worth looking out for. And he, yeah, he turns up in various places. He, he travels around a lot. He's definitely an independent wrestler that tries to do as many shows as he can in America, UK, you know, getting over to Ireland. He's everywhere. And I think the other one, I think we, the one we're all a big fan of, I know we all talked about her recently, is Millie McKenzie. And yeah. she's, how old is she now? Cause she, she started when she was like 18? eight, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she's uh, 18 now. 
So she's basically she's a child. Eight, 18 years old. She's amazing. I mean, I mean, some people say she got overhyped to begin with because she started wrestling when she was only 16. Um, and to, put, to be fair, she's two years into her career and she's really good and she's worth checking out. She turns up occasionally on NXT UK. Um, but yeah, imagine like how excited it would have been about the likes of Velveteen Dream and Tyler Bate who are in their early 20s. She's 18 and she's yeah. got an amazing promise. Never heard her cut a promo, but she's very yeah, good. That's a fair point. Sometimes I'm really saying you're not cutting promos as much, and you're right, she's not done that. Um, hope, she's got time to learn, though. And I think yeah, she's, yeah, one of the, she's one of the talent that's getting to work out at the UK Performance Centre, so I'm sure she'll be getting some training on that. Yeah, Actually, she, she did do a little bit of character work with Pete Dunne, so if you look it up on YouTube, I'd de- highly recommend it because she used this like annoying sister-like character. So oh, okay, cool. at, Yeah. Look, look that out from Fight Club Pro. Um, sure. And yes. actually another young talent I, I kind of wanted to highlight was, uh, I, I I don't know whether he will like uh, rise through the ranks, but he, he he had a great match at um, Live at the Dome. It's uh, Connor Mills. Uh, yeah. He he had like a fantastic match at Live at the Dome. And uh, I was there that time. And um, like Will Ospreay came out afterwards and just kind of was like, that was fantastic. That was like, you know, a, a a great match, and they just went all out. So I'd highly recommend that. I feel like he he could be good in the future. Yeah, definitely cool. one to watch. Sounds good. Um, so those are the guys we're really looking like forward to seeing more of on the indie scene. Um, in terms of like upcoming indie events to look out for, now this is mainly tips for our UK listeners. But again, stuff to look out for when they're on streaming services. Um, I mean, I already mentioned Wrestle Queendom Two is. It's going to be in late, I think it's June 30th, it's late June. That'll be the Eve roster, and there'll be a bunch of the um, talent coming from Japan. I think um, the Star... God, I can't, what's, it, what's the company called from Japan? It's Star... Stardom. Stardom. Stardom, sorry, Stardom. Yes, Stardom. Some star, loads of Stardom talent coming over. I think they're doing Eve v Stardom as the main theme for that show, so that'd be pretty awesome. I think that should be um, really good, yeah. Rev Pro always does the big summer sizzler where they bring over some... They normally bring over some, like, some, some of the bigger guys that are on the indie scene in the past we've had the likes of um cody and the young bucks and ray mysterio um just in front of like yeah so that we sent to the party later in the summer progress will continue running their shows um i uh, guess also um, sorry i was yeah. just going to mention that there's still I, I think there's still tickets as of this recording for the uh for their retro show as well which if you want something a bit more silly they've got that going on Oh yeah, and they've also got a big show. Yeah. 1980s show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's also a, uh, they've got another tournament in September that they've got that's half in Ali Pali and half in uh, their usual spot. So yeah, all room and Pali, Ali Pali for them. So and those are just like those are just some of the ones first ones we mentioned. I mean, another one just worth mentioning. I don't know so much of a wrestling event, but Eve will be part of the London Pride um, March slash parade. Oh yeah, um, they. They've, they've got a float for that. So they'll be representing the world of wrestling, in particular independent female wrestling as part of Pride. So there's cool things like that going on on the, on the UK scene as well. Oh, there's a free show as well to promote the book that was mentioned earlier on in the oh, podcast. God. Uh, yeah, I mentioned this briefly. Yes, so actually, let's just touch on that. So, yeah, so we actually interviewed Heather Bandenberg on the podcast back on episode 17. Um, I'll also just be soon. We've been doing some work with the Indie Corner, who cover a lot of independent professional wrestling in the UK and the rest of the world. They'll be putting the transcript of that interview up on their site soon as well. So you can have a listen to that old podcast, episode 17, or be able to read the uh, the interview instead. Um, but, yeah, she's actually got a free event, which is in collaboration with Eve, and that will be on July the 11th. That's at the Resistance Gallery free event. There'll be wrestling, stand-up comedy, and that'll be to promote her book, Unladylike, which is all about women and feminism in professional wrestling. So that's another cool event worth checking out if you happen to be in London on that Thursday, July 11th. Oh, there's so cool. much wrestling in London. Like We haven't even mentioned Frontline, Attack Pro, Fight Club Pro, yeah, Lucha Britannia. There's so many companies. It's it's a pretty good city to live in. Move here. If you like wrestling... Move to London. Yeah, and they don't. There's too many of you. Uh, <laughs> also in the uh, Midlands, I know that uh, Southside do a fair few shows, and so do uh, Fight Club Pro. So, yeah. 
we are very i think the amount of independent wrestling we have in the uk it comes right around some towns is very like over indexed as overpopulated compared to some parts of the world we're, we're quite lucky around here yeah it's great we do well cool so that i hope everyone enjoyed this discussion about independent wrestling you know we're focused on the uk scene um coming up in future weeks i'm hoping to have a couple more interviews lined up with just sort of the wider world of wrestling i think we're going to talk to some people about you know some of the bands that do music about wrestling some people that are writing about wrestling for their phd um as well as probably catching up on what AEW are doing for their double or nothing shows so a few things that aren't all wwe related while we're in this interesting we period where they really don't know what they're doing so that's all for this week um guys i've got a note that we end the show with a dance off and pyro so we can do that but it's not going to come across well as an audio show so we'll just have to do that i guess offline and know that we did it and tell everyone about it later yeah next yeah, yeah. definitely happening that's exactly we'll, what we're going to do. We'll, I'm doing it we'll, right now. we'll record it and we'll put it on the social channels. Look, <laughs> at, these, look at these moves. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully everyone enjoyed that. Please head over to you to iTunes. Sorry. Head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review if you can. That's always appreciated. It helps with the ratings and us to get more visibility. And of course, reach out to us on the social media channels, which we promoted um, just before this segment. Cool. Thank you for your time today, guys. And we will catch up soon. Um, I need to do Brod's closing line as he's dead. Um, Oh, yes. That's the bottom line, because this pod said so.